Is it hot or is it me? I'm hot. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I was fishing for that. I want to talk to us today. We've been talking about things that prevent the, you know, Yahweh's really after us about understanding the importance of what the body of Christ really is. It's not some, you know, a, a surreal thing that just floats around and was this, this general body of Christ. It is all, you are a great man. You are the car genius. No, this is good right here. Thank you. You're not the car genius anymore, are you? Oh, you are? That's all right. Always was. I want to. I want to talk to us about something, and I want to. I want to help you not miss this. It would be a, such a shame, such a shame, because we've come a long way. Let I me mean, you know we've come a long way. This October will be forty years. How I many you know forty is a very significant number? Who knows what the number forty represents? Old. <laughs> not anymore, it's not. It's the number of testing, the, of tribulation, of, of wilderness, 40. We used to, to understand that, you know, to get to 100 fold, you have to have 30, 60, 100. 40 years. And if it's going to be anything like the past, these numbers are somehow planned by God. I mean, I can look at the dates in my life that are so significant, and God has done stuff, something so, so specific and major in my life, and which also in the life of this church. One of the things that, that uh, I've, I want us to understand is that we are in a shift again. Whenever we come to one of these shifts, my life is radically changed. And I'll tell you why. Because I am still here. It would be a horrible, horrible, horrible thing for people to go so far. I, have you ever seen the, uh, the little cartoon where the guy's trying to dig out of prison and he finally quits and he only had that much more to go? It would be a horrible thing for us to come this far and turn back now. And it's not it's easy, it's easy to, 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 in our struggles, to want to say, okay, where are you? I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for this. And, you know, the Bible says those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And the word waiting there, of course, I've taught you over the years, it doesn't mean twiddle your thumb. It's like a waiter. Garçon, we're serving while we're waiting. We're waiting on him like a waiter. See, Yeshua don't even know when he's coming back. The angels don't know when he's coming back. Only the Father knows. And I believe that Yahweh shows me that the reason that there is that I'm still having to wait is not because I'm waiting on him, but he told me, Johnny, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on my people. I'm waiting on the body of Christ. I'm waiting on them. Number one, to come out of their lukewarmness. Thank God for his mercy. I hope Yahweh don't get tired of waiting on me. But we're in this shift. He's speaking to us again and clarifying things that I've taught you a long time ago. The ancient prophets along with Yahshua himself. I'm going to use the word Elijah, but I'm going to call him Aliyah because that's, I don't like the J's in words anymore. 
Aliyah. You can call it that way. It's really, there's several ways to pronounce it. Aliyah, I think, is proper. But they said, Aliyah would come to restore all things before the second coming of Yeshua. What that means directly affects you and me, our salvation, and who we are and what we and how we live in our life. We are again in the world of lawlessness, shameless immorality. It seems like it's greater, and it is because there's more people doing it. But also, we have the Internet, and we're more informed about all these bad things that are going on. Things that are true and even not true. A general spiritual decline in every level of society. And first, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, it confirms Bible prophecy confirms, look, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be, there's going to be this general, lawless, shameless, immoral people in the earth, just like in the days of Noah. And we've known that over from the years, from the time of the lawless man, the lawless one who came in the great falling away, we see that there was a continual diluting of the Bible's not only strong moral message, but also the truth of what the scriptures even mean. And we've addressed that for many years now. The church in America used to be a place for self-examination and leading to a repentant change in somebody's life. We came to church to be challenged, to be judged. Somebody, don't You can't judge me. Well, the Bible says judgment begins in the house of God. I'd rather be judged now and then how about you but all the focus is now on success and prosperous and how to do this and how to do that and a lot of the issues that we deal with is because we're not doing what God said do and so we're in this this what do you call an airplane he, he's in a what do you call that when he's circling a pattern a holding pattern so true Bible doctrine now is not only does it not talk about the scriptures really, but it, it uses certain uh, doctrines and promote self-help, self this, self me, myself and I. So the ancient prophets, along with Yeshua, said that an Aaliyah was going to come and restore things before Yeshua came back. So is Yeshua coming back today? I don't think so. He could. I don't think so, though, because there's not a restoration of the true gospel yet. Basically, most people ignore the Bible because it, they don't think it's relevant to their success today. We condone sin. We overlook sin. And we've, in, we've called it grace, love, and forgiveness. We, we, we have a lopsided emphasis on the blood of Jesus that washes us away. And, but we, we don't say anything about repentance. And we sure don't say anything, listen to this, about restitution. We Okay, it's okay. I don't have to get it right. But you know and I know and we in this house know that we're not saved yet. And we know that the blood or grace will get us out of Egypt, but it can't get us into the promised land. Ten Commandments are all but forgotten now and, and not even really understood. And, and all the stuff in the uh, pulpits of America, this pablum that speeds to, to feed these spiritual babies and they don't have any meat to give them for the maturing because they don't understand the meat of the Scriptures. Now we have 
a huge dropout of church attendance across America. The reason why is of the, so, the serving of self. 60% of people that left under COVID in American churches, 60% never returned. People don't know the prophetic warnings for our day. That's why it's not relevant. Daniel was told to shut that book until this, this time, the end of uh, the time of the end, and when many would run to and fro and knowledge would be increased. I've got to tell you, knowledge is increased like crazy in our day and age. Can you tell me that's the truth? Scientific knowledge, we know all that. You know, some people says it doubles every five years. I, I, th I think it's every year they come out with a new I iPhone. But along with this increased secular knowledge, a clarification of a lot of these obscure sections of the book of Daniel and clear understanding of many other prophetic events are dawning. You and I historically are in the restoration of the true original Bible scriptures. And right now there's not a lot of people who are seriously even interested, but the shift in the winds are changing. I prophesied this, I can't tell how many, I think 2020, that God is going to use us, wants to use us to bring forth this last day, Elijah, Elijah the prophet, who said he turned the hearts of the fathers to the children, and he would bring this message and restore true biblical doctrine and at the end of this Gentile age. You're here today because Yahweh called you for that to happen. That's why I'm here. Now, how many of you see, oh, Yahweh. Oh, they're talking about Yahweh where you breathe in and breathe out. How many of you know that? I mean, the DNA spells Yahweh. Everything, Yahweh, Yahweh. How, how many of you see that all over the Internet now? Why? I'm telling you why. Because we were part, maybe a small part, of prophesying that into the earth. I hope you were part of it. The restoration of forgotten paths of righteousness that were hijacked will be made manifest just before Yahshua returns to the earth to set up his kingdom. But he's not going to return until that happens. Acts chapter 3 says, Repent then and turn to Yahweh so that your sins may be wiped out that the times of refreshing may come from Yahweh, and that he may send the Messiah, who hath been appointed for you, even Yahshua. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for Yahweh to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Did you all understand that? Before Yahweh is going to come and restore everything, there's going to be a restoration of the truth. Peter talks about it. You can call it a revival if you want to or whatever. It don't matter to me. It's, it's a second look at the Bible is coming. All those things that, we, that you experienced when you told me, hey, that makes sense. Guess what? People all over the world are going to be saying, hey, that makes sense. I hope they hear it from you and not somebody else because there's coming a rush of people who are not ashamed of the gospel. They're not ashamed of the name of Yahweh. They're not ashamed. They don't care what anybody thinks, and they're going to run you over if you don't get your butt awake.
Quit playing around. There's an emptiness and a void, and people have already done it. They've done the drugs. They've been drunk. They, you know, they've done all these kind of things, and they know there is no future in it. They know it just complicates the problems. And when they hear this good news, I want to tell you, they are going to gobble it up. You guys get on there on the Internet, man. Jesus, you can't get saved by Jesus' name. I said, that's my brother. I never met him. And we're scared if we say something about Yahweh, they may not understand. Ashamed. Yahweh told me we need to get our butts in gear. And we're going to get left in, in the dust. He's called us. You never heard it before, really, until you heard me. We're ahead of the curve. And they shall be of you, and, excuse me, and they that shall be of you shall build the old waste places. And you shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach and the store of passage dwelling. That's who we're supposed to be. Aliyah in the earth, repairing the past to immortality. We're so consumed with our everyday stuff that we don't even consider that. And it's caused a lot of our issues because we're not doing what God wants us to do. What are they? What are these foundations? What, what's the breach in worship? And when I say worship, y'all, I ain't talking about, you know, singing in church. Worship means that you lick the hand of your master. For your provision. That's what the word proscunio means. i got to tell you a funny story. Y'all know who Tim Hawkins is? Anybody know him? No? He's like a Christian comedian. And he made this, he, he said something today, I mean, uh, the other day when I was watching, I saw, I saw him pop up on a, a video. And he was talking about why men don't sing in church. Men, most of them just sit there like this. He said, the reason why is because today's worship songs are, are written from a, effeminate, a feminine perspective. And so he begins to sing a worship song. Oh, I want to see your face. I want to touch your face. I want to squeeze your face. I want to rub my hand through your hair, Yahshua. It's like a romance novel thing. And he said, the guy standing there, he said, man, don't make me sing that. I brought visitors to church. Because men see Yahweh as a masculine. So they're not into like, I want to touch your face. So he wrote a, he wrote a worship song for men. Yahshua, watch the game with me. Yahshua, while you're in there, get me a Coke and some nachos. Yahshua, fall asleep with me in the middle of the game. He said, that's a, that's a man's perspective. Now, I thought that was funny. Because I think we, some people get into worship without obedience. You can't even worship God with unforgiveness in your heart. <laughs> you have to go over there and take care of it before you can even bring him a gift. That's why I give you that opportunity every Sunday. What does this message of Aaliyah involve? Now, we know everybody, we, we know this house, we know that the world and the church is out of step with the Bible. And we know that we, we were supposed to have something in, about restoring that in the earth, not just for me, myself, I, my little, my little two, three people. In Revelation 3, there was a Laodicean feeling among Christians, American Christians. They had this, this Laodicean thing 
And because they go to church on Sunday, that their personal salvation is certain. Or they pray a sinner's prayer, and then everything's okay. And today, that Laodicean feeling has come into full maturity where the lukewarm who have no need now for God. We have no needs. And they're now totally blind, and they're too stupid to realize their ventilator for spiritual life is the ecclesia and the body. They've made up their own doctrines and worship God in their own way. And now those of us who know the right name and the truth about going to heaven, hell, death, all those things, who have grown in these truths, have a be- we have a better biblical understanding than most people. Because they're not really interested in that. They have another agenda. But this is what you got to get today, and i got to get. We can't now, like they did, put our beliefs in that jar. I'm once saved, always saved. I'm saved by grace. I don't have nothing to do. We can't now have our own little rocking chair and to rock away in our rocking chair and assume that there's nothing more that Yahweh has for us but that we know his name's Yahweh and Yahshua and this and that and just doctrinal things. I want to tell you, when you get in a rocking chair, you, go, you think you're moving. You may think you're getting somewhere because of all the motion, but we make no forward advancement. When I think of rocking chairs and people, I think of people who pretty much have retired and just quit. Aaliyah is a Hebrew name, and this is what it means. Listen to this. My mighty one is Yah. El, as in Elohim, is the mighty ones. The mighty ones. Yah is Yahweh. So Aaliyah means my mighty one is Yah. That means this. What I, my, I look to him. He's who, who I look to. He's my strength. He's my hope. My mighty one is Yah. This message of Elijah, which is to be proclaimed at the end of the age, is this. Yahweh is the mighty one of me, of my life, of my world, and the whole universe, really. That personal name is packed with a lot of meaning. And that name is Yahweh. People are going to get to a place, and they're going to be satisfied. This, new, this rush that's coming, is they're going to be satisfied with the name Yahweh, and it'll be church, the church of Yahweh, the, the first church of Yahweh, the second church of Yahweh, Yahweh this, and Yahshua. They're, they're, they'll stay right there, but they won't, they won't go on with where I brought you to the meaning of that name and the requirements and the understanding of the foundational things and the seven seals and the book of Revelation and all that. They'll, they'll be content with just that. But there'll be others who are going to be hungry. For us to look exactly to what this message is for us of Elijah, let's look at what the main focus of the message was when Elijah, to help you understand it, was living. Second, uh, 1 Kings 18, 21, he asked this significant question. How long halt you between two opinions? And here's my message today. How long halt you between two opinions? If Yahweh be Elohim, if Yahweh be the mighty one, follow him. But if Baal is the mighty one, follow him. He admonishes the people of Israel to not straddle the fence and to stop vacillating. 
If you worship Yahweh, the mighty one of Israel, then do it all the way. Don't beat around the bush. Don't pussyfoot around. Just do it or get off the pot. And in that context, that's exactly what uh, Elias said to the prophets of Baal's God. Where are you at? You going to call fire down? Where are you? Are you on vacation? Are you in the bathroom? He basically asked them that. How much longer are you going to be in there? So while we're getting tired of waiting, Yahweh is distinguished from other gods by his name, number one. When somebody tells me that they talk to God and they know God personally and they don't know that his name is Yahweh, I say they're a liar. I say they're deceived. If, you don't, if you're such good friends with Yahweh and he don't even tell you the only name by which man can be saved, he ain't your friend. It was promised that just like John the Baptist. See, John the Baptist was Aaliyah who came to restore things through repentance for Yeshua to come the first time. His message, the Aaliyah that's coming, or I believe is here already, sitting right here, part of it. This house is part of what's happening in other places that we don't even, we, we don't know about maybe. But he'll have the same message as Aaliyah did in his day before the prophets of Baal. Yahweh's the true mighty one. Call on and follow him. My mighty one's Yahweh. He's the true mighty one. Call on and follow him. And we're called by that name. When I first started doing this and understanding using the name of Yahshua, what I wanted to do was make it so people could understand me more clearly. I'm taught it's Jesus. I call him Yeshua. It's Jesus, but I call him Yeshua. I don't do that no more. It confuses people. I pray in the name of Yeshua. I say Yeshua. I say Yahweh. And this is what they say. Who is that? Thank you for asking. Let me explain it with truth because this person may be a person that I need to tell who Yahweh is instead of me saying, well, I'm talking about Jesus. No, I'm not. I ain't talking about Jesus. I want the country to be changed. I want the country, I want America to change. Look, America ain't changed in 200 years. It's corrupt. My God, can't y'all see it? The people aren't. Wonderful people. I love America, but I want to tell you what. Government and people in authority, y'all know what we're looking at. Come on. Come on. Can't we be honest and, you know, listen to this prayer in 2 Chronicles 7.14. People pray this for our country, and it hasn't worked yet, and I'll tell you why. If my people, if my people, if my people, if my people, if my people qualified who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Lord, we pray that over our country. They ain't, America ain't his people. America ain't called by his name. And he ain't healed their land. Hello? Does that make you angry at me, anybody? Well, you know what the Bible says. You can get happy in the same pants you got angry in. 
I didn't get where I'm at today by, by teasing people and trying to make them feel happy about stuff that's going to kill them. Pray and seek my face. If my people, if my people, how do you call by my name? What's his name? Yahweh. He's, that's a prayer. He's saying it about his people. Listen, we're his people. What is he saying? Look, if you will humble yourself and pray, turn from, who's he talking about? Us. I thought we were his people. That's the problem. We are to turn from our ways and obey him. Ephesians 3.15 reveals that the whole family in heaven and earth is called by the name Yahweh. How many people know the name Yahweh? Not many, but more and more every day. How many know the name but don't think it matters and ignores it? Many. Well, it don't matter, does it? I had, I had a loved one pass away one time, and a friend of mine said, well, she had, she had Jesus, didn't she? I said, that's the problem. How many people honor his name? How many people will use his name? How many people will not deny its importance? He says his people know his name. Over almost 7,000 times they hid the name of Yahweh from us in the King James Bible. And they called him. His name is the Lord. You know, I got to reading that. I just thought it was, you know, just the Lord. I just read it because I accepted that. Until I looked at it one day, I'm like, who would name your, somebody the Lord? Malachi 3. Listen, I'm going to send my messenger. And he's going to prepare the way before me. And Yahweh whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Uh-oh. Even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, says Yahweh of hosts. But who may abide in the day of his coming? And who's going to stand when he appears? Because he's going to be like a refiner's fire full of soap. And he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them as gold and silver that they may offer unto Yahweh an offering in what? Righteous living. You want to make an offering and worship God? Live righteously. You don't even have to sing good. Malachi 4, I'm going to send you a Leah the prophet before the great and terrible day of Yahweh comes. Who's telling you that there's a great and terrible day coming? Nobody but me that I hear. I'm sure there's others out there, though. We just don't hear them either. They're not on TV or writing books or stuff like that. They're trying to love a people. They're trying to have a body. They're trying to please Yahweh. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. I got to tell you, that dropped on my head out of the blue. Little did I know that God was preparing me and calling me to be part of the messenger in the last day of Elijah. You wouldn't be here today if I didn't have a vision about fathering. That message is going to come before. Now, there's two Elias in the Bible. And before Yeshua came, people were all excited, you know, about this event that was prophesied over the years. And they knew that before he came and was born, an Elias was coming. An Elias is coming. The Messiah told the multitudes in Matthew 11 that if they would but accept John the Baptist, that he was the Elias prophesied to come. Later, we read what happened to him. Matthew 14, Herod chopped his head off. But the Jews, listen, they refused to hear the message of Elijah. They refused to repent at the preaching of John the Baptist and rejected him and his message of repentance. 
After John was killed, the disciples got together in Matthew 17. Listen to what he said. Elias come already, and they knew him not. But have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise, so shall the Son of Man suffer of them. What's he saying? The Elias came. They didn't believe him. They killed him. And I'm, they're going to do the same to me. I just want you to know that. That's what he's saying. So look, John's dead. John came as that promised Elias of his day and was rejected. Verse 11, Elias truly shall come and restore all things. That's talking about the Elias that's coming now before the second coming. Elias in 1 Kings 17 and John the Baptist, they were both priests. Yahweh told this to me. The Elias yet to come will not be a priest. He said it will be a priesthood. A royal priesthood, a chosen generation. And they will complain, my mighty one is Yah. My God is Yah, not me, not the world. I'm, my mighty one is Yahweh. That's the message of Elijah to proclaim that his name is Yahweh and to teach his way of life. We are part of that priesthood, I hope. For centuries, those daggum Jews hid the name and they would punish people who honored the third commandment. The Aaliyah at the end of the age and those with him who, can, who will resist the beast and his system will have to do it the same way Aaliyah did in, in Ahab, King Ahab's day, in Jezebel's day. Johnny, what is the beast and the system? What are you talking about? Is that when the Antichrist comes? No. I've taught you what the Antichrist is. What is it? It's loving the world more than you love God. It's being carnal-minded. It's putting anything first and before Yahweh. It's not seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. You've got a mark of, of the beast on you. Let me show you this. Somebody asked me one time what the mark of the beast was, and so I explained it to them, you know, what the, and, but I told them, I said, actually, the literal marking, the, the insignia of that was a cross, ironically enough. And you know, I, you know what kind of reaction I got to start with. And I said, listen, they said, it's going to be put on the right hand and the forehead. I said, you're exactly right. Watch this. Right hand, forehead. That's the mark of the, that's the mark of the beast. What is that? It's when you and I come up and devise our own way and thoughts and choices to live up in here. And we implement them in our own power. Forehead. When it's all said and done, if you don't have Yahweh's name in your forehead, it don't say on it, it says in it. Then you have the beast because... And that's what we're fighting with right now. I, I got to tell you, man, this culture, man, we, we, look, it's, it's, it's big. It's powerful. The Bible calls that the great harlot, a, the woman at the gate. She's beautiful, man. She is beautiful, and she is enticing, and she's wealthy, and she entertains, and she makes you feel good about yourself based on stuff that are just temporary. I said, don't look at her. Don't even look at her. Don't go, especially, don't go down there where she is. Elijah's problem wasn't that it's just a mental thing on all that. He literally had people trying to kill him. I know we got it so hard. Somebody said, man, I know you're going to suffer persecution, Johnny. I said, look, let me tell you this. 
I, anything I've ever gone through is nothing compared to people chasing me, cutting my head off, killing my children, burning my house down. I mean, that's what these people suffered. I want, a, I want a shot of what they had. I want to be vaccinated with what they had. They had something. And it's because they had nothing. I think we've accumulated so many things that we be better if we had nothing. The system, the Bible says that we would be hated of all men for my name's sake. You know, I, I got people that like me and I think love me, but a lot of them hate me at the same time. Evidently, my M.O. is you know, they, people love me. They love to hate me, too. I love you, Johnny, but they hate me. Today, there's people who will either reject or deny the importance of the name. Closeness of relationship cannot color our judgments in matter relating to Yahweh and his truth. Listen to what Yahshua said. Now, you ready? Listen to this. If any man come to me and hate not his father, wow, and his mother, Johnny, that don't mean hate. Well, what it means is if you love any of these people more than you do Yahweh, okay? If you don't like the word hate. If any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and his children and his brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, I told you all this from the beginning. I'm not springing this on you now. This is what we learned in vacation Bible school. This is what we had on when we were on, on uh, uh, let me get a good word for that, okay, uh, baby milk. Hey, look, you've got to remember this. You've got to love God. From the beginning, you've got to love God more than your daddy. I had to leave my daddy. I had to leave what they, he believed and my spiritual fathers and people in my life. It taught me I had to leave that. I had to leave my mother. I'm not going to bow down to her and disobey God as much as I love her. I love my children, but guess what? Y'all don't want your well done? That's your fault. It ain't mine because I'm doing everything I can do to help you get it. My brethren, I got a brother in the natural and I got many brothers in the Lord. Some of them aren't here no more either. Spiritual sons ain't here no more. But guess what? I am. Are you boasting, Johnny? I'm boasting in the Lord. I'm going all the way. I said, I'm going all the way. And I know he has, still has a purpose for us, not to just sit up here at this church, be the Yahweh, Yahshua, you the mama ain't in heaven church. He's called us to be messengers of the covenant in these last days so Yahshua can come back. Vital truths. Salvation depends on two things that are important. Number one, it's salvation is only through Yahshua, and salvation is only in one name, Yahshua. The name Yahshua means Yahweh is salvation. This is plain as day. Some people ain't going to want to do fool with it, and I understand why. I understand why. Don't want to rock the boat. I don't look. I'm not trying to ruffle your feathers this morning. I'm trying to pluck them. I'm not trying to rock the boat. I'm trying to get us out of the boat. No man can come to the Father except through his son, Yahshua. Without Yahshua, we're lost. We must reverence and love the only name under heaven given whereby men must be saved. Can I tell you? A Hebrew God with one of his Hebrew angels who told a Hebrew couple 
who wasn't even married yet, they were engaged, that they were going to have a son, and she was pregnant, they didn't call him Willie or Johnny or Bobby. And they sure didn't call him a Latin Greek mongrel term called Jesus. You know, I think that we're so, you know, we're, we're Hebrews and all. Let's name him Jesus. Well, number one, there wasn't even Latin back then. And on those that listen to me, I'll just say this. Don't reject what I'm saying until you first completed a thorough investigation of something that will save your eternal life. Proverbs 18 says this. He who answers a matter before he hears the facts, it is folly and shame to him. And I want to tell you, a lot of people are going to stand before Yeshua shame one day when their own kids, you have led your own kids astray because you love the world more than you love God. You will sentence them to eternal damnation and death. There's a prophetic reason, though, why these names are just coming, being released. Once I truly accepted the sovereign authority and took hold of the covenant of God, he revealed that name to me. I already knew the name. I've heard of Yahweh all the time. I knew what Yahshua was all the time. But there's a difference in knowing and then having a revelation of it that changes your life. Then, once you succumb to that and you accept that of who he is, and then he begins to reveal himself. But you ain't going to get no further than you are until you're obedient in what he's called you to do now. Aaliyah, and during that time, is when God said, okay, the end of the Gentile age is over. Now we're going to restore those truths. John 17. The disciples loved Yahshua's name. You know why? Because they knew it meant something. What did it mean? Yahshua's, Yahweh's salvation. They loved that name. You mean this is the name? This is the name we're going to be saved at? And what it proclaimed so much that they were willing to endorse persecution and enjoyed it. In chapter 17 of John, they were happy that they were given such an important trust to be able to have a name that could give everybody immortality. My God, why wouldn't we be excited about that? I'll tell you what, this is a true story. It was yesterday or today, they all get mixed up now that you get older. Is this Wednesday night? And I, I heard nobody won the uh, lottery thing. Like 800 and something million. I'm like, man, if I won that, number one, I'd have to play it. Number two, I'd probably quit serving God. Some people quit serving God on a lot less than 800. Some people, some people quit serving God for $25,000 a year. I said, you know what I'd do with it? First of all, what, what would you do, Johnny? Would you, would you quit preaching? I don't think so. But would you, what would you, would you pay, would you pay your kid's house off? I don't think so. I'll tell you what, I might, I might give them a little bit and put it in a trust when they're 70. What would, how much would you give people at the church? You know, I'd probably pay everybody's house off at least. Would that be great? Would y'all pray with me? <laughs> Let's get together. 
because we think that lawsuits and lotteries is the way to get ahead in life. I want to tell you what, there's only way to get ahead in life, and that's to, that Yah, that, that El is my mighty one. Yahweh is my mighty one. Yahweh is my mighty one. And I live as if I've, I've, lived, I've gone to the lottery. That's how I live. Watch this, Acts chapter 5, verse 41. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were worthy to suffer shame for his name. Hey, man, we got called in for using the name Yahshua. Man, give me five, all right. Whoa, I mean, they were so excited. I'm trying to skip through this today. I want to get y'all home before 2 o'clock. If Yahshua were to write us today, knowing that we live in this world of an age of a cesspool of sin, that nothing is, people aren't ashamed of nothing anymore. Nothing, nothing's hidden. At least when I was a kid, when I did things wrong, I did it in the dark. These people have put it on Facebook now. These people put it on the internet. I'm a whore. I'm a whore. Watch my whore channel. Hey, you want to see something? Let me show you. I'm a whore. Is it true or not? Man, hey, I'm a woman. I'm a woman. Look what I'm getting. I'm, I'm saving up. I'm a woman. No, you're not. This is what I think he'd write as he did in Revelation chapter 2. He'd say, look, I know where you live. Where Satan has his throne, the adversary is what that means. It ain't a being. Yet you may, but listen, but yet you remain true to me. That ain't what he said. Yet you remain true to my name. Because that name means something. When you're a, a, when you're a, a Yahweh family, that means something. I've always tried my best to live an example in front of my children and other people. That they would not be ashamed to say, oh yeah, I go, to, I go up there, uh, uh, Ecclesia Life. Is that Johnny Snowgrove's church? Yeah, he's a good guy. I've always tried to live that. I've always tried to be an example, that, have a life that my kids wouldn't be ashamed of. I didn't want to come up on mug shots one day or something like that because I wanted, I wanted that name to be something of value that my children wouldn't be ashamed. He said, you stay true with my name and listen to this. And even though you are at the, I know where you live, and right in the middle of the throne of adversity, you never renounced your faith in me. As hard as it got. Tell you what, Yahshua has high commendations for those of us holding fast and true to his name. The Bible continuously warns that we must overcome this culture. And I get it. But you can't just be influenced by the crap on television and then think that somehow it's not going to affect your reaction to things. We have to guard our minds and our eyes. We have to be careful. We got to overcome the world and the lust of our flesh and the lust of our eyes and the pride of life. I want, to, I want us to be like the disciples who joyfully submit to Yahweh and obey him in spite of what the world does or what our friends does or, or sometimes even what our family may say. We, we, we will never, ever quit him. We'll continually love him. Above all, we've got to resist the efforts of society and never take the beast name. I, remember, I, I preached on beast mode. 
I went back and listened to it a little while yesterday. We had this piece name, the mark, the number in our own forehead. You know, what, what, do, we, what do we have there? You ever, you ever heard somebody say, what do I have? Do you, do you see stupid written right there? If <laughs> I ever told you that? They <laughs> say, yeah. He wrote to those persecuted people in Philadelphia, which was the only really truly faithful assembly of all seven churches. Listen to what he said in chapter 3, verse 8. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. And I know you have a little strength. Listen, he, he knows. Yeshua knows everything we've gone through. And he knows sometimes we don't have much strength. We just got a little strength. But listen, if we all have a little strength and we all have our strength together, that is going to get us through. Listen to what he said. And yet you've done what? You've kept my word. You've done what I've required. You've done what I've commanded. You said you love me, and I know you do, because if you love me, you kept my commandments. And he said this, and you have not denied my name. What did Peter do? Peter like, uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know who he is. Do we do that when we make the financial decisions? Are we saying, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's the time to, to do something in our finances, and we, oh, I, don't know, I don't know who he is. When we start making a decision about a relationship, we, we say, I don't, I don't know him. I don't know him. And we deny God, Yahshua, in our personal lives, in the decisions we make. Yahweh reveals truth to those who are dedicated and faithful and then observes what they do with it. If you reject the truth, there is no reason for him to give us more. If, they follow, if we follow in obedience, he will open to them a door that nobody can shut. Somebody say, open, the, open up. And let me in. I want an open door that no man can shut. That nobody can determine the end result of my life. Why? Because God opened a door for me that nobody can shut. We follow in obedience. Then he opens up more understanding and greater knowledge. Okay. Tell you what. You're responsible for this, Johnny. Guess what? I'm going to promote you to there. But you're not going to promote somebody that ain't faithful in what their job is. Uh, you know, I notice you have been showing a plate every day. You don't do your job. You sleep on the job. You steal from people, our customers. I'm going to promote you to manager today. That is not made, make sense. The Bible says that all through the ages, a small number has always held to his truth. Some people call it the remnant. I don't like that because somebody took that one word remnant and they made a denomination out of it. Let me tell you what he's doing. He has prepared and is continually preparing a people now to receive Yahshua when he comes and to teach others the way of righteousness. And if you can't do it now, you're not going to be able to do it then. And I've given you, you ain't got no excuse if you've been with me. I got tons of it. Few will find that narrow way, Matthew 7 says. And that's what he said. Look, you got to find it you got to search out the truth. You can't just sit there and hope that he's going to come by, an angel, and going to, going to uh, move the waters so you can be healed. Listen, Daniel. And in the latter time of the kingdom, who the transgressors are, come to, are, who the transgressors are come to the full, the king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. Do you know that I have taught you 
dark sentences and explain them to you? Why did I do that? So you could explain to others dark sentences. But we're so concerned with our everyday lives that, that we just, that when we do that, there's no flow of life coming from God to us, and we are all clogged up, and we just need a good dose of something to clean us out and let the life of God begin to flow because that's our purpose. And along with the flow and the download from heaven, everything that you need plus more than enough will come to you. Unless you're sealed, listen, with that name, I don't get into this a whole lot. It's a whole other teaching almost, but I want to say it. Unless you're sealed with that name and have your own name written in the book of life, you're in jeopardy, man. You're in trouble. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, who the beast, whose names are not written in the book of the Lamb, uh, life, book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The call ones whose names are written in the book of life will do this. They refuse to worship that beast. I'm not bowing down to that. I mean, you, that, that smut there, that ungodliness, that lie, that deception, that lukewarmness, uh, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. I'm not going to mingle myself with the impure. That's what got us in the mess to start with. We begin to cross-pollinate from the pure seed to, from the tares, and now we got a hybrid gospel that will not allow anybody to receive immortality. I think it's a pretty special calling we have. And when I say we, just like Aaliyah, he was a kind of depressed guy. After he called down fire from heaven, <laughs> he, Jezebel came and he was scared to death. He ran from her and went and sat under a juniper tree and felt sorry for herself, self-pity. I always said it's easier to call fire from heaven than it is to get out from under that self-pity tree. I know. That self-pity tree, man, that thing's hard. I, I, told, I preached this years ago, and I was talking about the ravens that came to feed him. They all were sitting in that tree, and he was having visions of grand manure. Thank you for getting my humor back there, little brother. Because that's our mind gets filled with a bunch of it's important. He was depressed. He feels like he was all alone. Nobody showed up on Wednesday nights. People didn't come to church on Sundays. People didn't believe. They rejected his message. He was, felt he was left all alone. I'm the only, am I the only one? And all these people. But guess what Yahweh told him? Now, nah, boy, there's 7,000 more just like you who are not, have not been corrupted by the mark of the beast. They have been not been corrupted by carnality and loving and worshiping the flesh and doing their own thing and, and abusing things in their life. They have Yahweh's names sealed in their forehead. I think that would be great if we could put on a special sunglasses and see if you had, what name was on your forehead. Wouldn't that be something? All right, come here. I got the glasses. Come here. Whoa. The Bible uses the number 144,000. That's not a specific number. That is, that is a number that represents too many, can be number, too many to be numbered. If you read two verses down, it tells you that. Jehovah's Witnesses say it's 144,000, that's, but that's not true. The Bible says it's a number that can't be numbered. But he says there, that they'll be sealed 
by Yahweh and spared from the seven trumpets' plagues. Revelation 7. 14 1 explains how the saints are sealed. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him uh, those saints, having his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Contrast to the mark of the beast in the hands and the foreheads, Revelation 16 and 14. The sealing is yet to be done. It's through baptism in his name. Let me tell you this. You, I, I was baptized three times, maybe four. You know, I've turned over a new leaf or however you want to say it. But I knew this. I had been baptized under a false gospel. I wasn't baptized the proper way. And so we all did it, remember? I remember we were at Gail and Irwin's house, man. I mean, we had all, all these people in there. It was so beautiful. I have pictures of it now. Beautiful. And I, I forget where else we met. Where was the Gail and Irwin's? And then another, somebody else's house. No, it wasn't my house. I was at his house. Was it Tom Wilding's house maybe or something like that? But here we were, all of us there together, man. And we, we repented and we learned the truth and we get baptized because remember, whether we want to believe this or not, our sins hadn't been forgiven yet. And I know we went through religion. The Bible says until we've been, baptism in that way is where your sins are forgiven and you receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I had a hard time swallowing that one, y'all, personally. I mean, you know what I've done, where I've been, how long I've preached and where I've preached it and all this kind of stuff. What about, what about, what about? Well, what about the Bible? You have to get baptized properly. We can, we can have a a belief and a faith that is a misplaced faith. That being sealed and baptism gives us protection. It's imperative that we don't reject Yahweh's name or Yeshua's name. It's that important. It's everything in the whole Bible. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have time today to get into all that, but I've taught it a lot. Maybe I need to teach it some more. I think we should do all we can to ensure that Yahshua which means Yahweh's salvation is ours. I'm doing everything I know to do to help you make sure that Yahweh's salvation is yours. And for this body, there's two people, two groups of people at the end of the age. I'm reading out of Revelation chapter 15. He says of the humble and repentant, who will not fear you, O Yahweh, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. Then we have the other group who rejected Yahweh's name. Didn't say Yahweh, it says name in Revelation chapter 16, verse 9. They were seared by the intense heat, and they cursed the name of Yahweh, who had control over these plagues, but they refused to repent and glorify him. I want to tell you something. None in the second group were protected. None. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men that have not the seal of Yahweh in their foreheads. Can anything be clearer? I'm going to jump on down and finish this today. Trials and temptation are going to happen. I don't care if you're saved. I don't care if you pray in tongues. I don't care if you fast. I don't care if you give all you have to the poor. Your temptations and trials are going to happen. Can anybody, can we just resolve to that? Went to the doctor. Hey, um, my eyes are bothering me. Should I worry about it? You're getting old. 
man, I got this problem my knee right here. Do you think? You're getting old. Daniel, I went and saw your buddy, Dr. Uh, Caban or something. You know what I'm saying? Cool guy. We had a good conversation. He said, nah, if it ain't bothering you, don't, don't, even work, don't even fool with it. I said, well, I had to get up at 7 o'clock. I want something. Well, what's the problem? Well, you're just getting old. Do you have anything for that? No. We're just getting old. Don't say, I don't know why. I can't jump over that fence anymore because you're just old. Can we admit that it's going to happen? But for those who are faithful unto the end, we come too far. We come too far. We come too far. I said, we come too far. Ain't no way I'm going back. Ain't no way I'm sitting in a rocking chair. Come too far. Those who are faithful unto the end, he that endureth to the end. Yahweh promises salvation. One of the worst things in my life is that I know that not everybody's going to heed. It drives me nuts. How many of you got children? You got children? You have that one child that just does that. Yes, mommy. Yes, daddy. Yes, they do everything. Then you got that little brat. Huh? You got that little brat. You know the little brat? I ain't going to tell you which one Jonathan or Josh was. I ain't going to tell you. Or, or, or Vero and Linda. I think y'all could probably pick. They get to be a teenager. And guess what they do? Whatever they want to do. You want to choke them. Don't you know how stupid you are? No, they know better than us. They're smarter than us. They are. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's how I feel a lot of times. When I beg and plead and cry and tell you, look, you did this is what you got to do. And people just like, okay. And walk out that door and it not change their lives. Can you all appreciate that a little bit? Not all are going to heed. And then you got the people who are just, I'm just too timid. Well, I, Years ago, I took Joel to a wrestling match in Columbus, Georgia. And one of the feature, and I, I talked this lady at the box office there for a front row seat. Right on the front row. And there was a lady there, little cute little old lady. She had those dresses that have four holes in them. One for her head, one for each arm, and one for her legs. I was raised, they were called a shift. I guess they shifted. She probably got it at Aldi or Walgreens. My brother had him right there. I say I was probably 20. That would make him 14. He's a big kid. He was pretty big. Already starting to get his muscles off and all that. And so we're sitting there, you know. And one of the guys that came out, his name was Abdullah the Butcher. And I was right there, you know. I was like having a great time, man. And I'm like, Abdullah come right there in front of us, you know. And I'm like, oh, look at Dula Butcher, Joel, 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 Joel. Joel's way up there on the stairs, man. Joel, hey, Abdullah scared him to death. Well, guess what? That little old timid lady sitting there with the four holes in her dress, had her hair back in a bun like that. You know, I'm not sure how many teeth she had. I'm from Columbus, Georgia, you know, but uh, that, that, I don't think she had, I think she had teeth. I don't think she brought them with her that night. And so she was like sitting there, just calm. And when Abdullah got into the ring and started cutting somebody or whatever, that little timid lady went berserk. And I never heard the profanity and the red face and the spitting and the clack. 
So I don't want to hear that you're too timid. We can't use that. I'm going to ask us what the question and ministry of Aaliyah is because we've been called, this house has been called to be that last day Aaliyah. Now there's mothers out there. Okay? I'm not saying we're the only church or the only ecclesia that God's called to do this. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we're one of them. So if there isn't any more, that's fine. But if there are, that's fine. I hope there's way more. And that is this. This is what Aaliyah would ask. How long do you halt between two opinions? If you're going to follow the true mighty one of the heavens, stop playing church. Obediently follow his requirements and commands all the way. And by my God, don't call him Jesus anymore. You coward. Don't be ashamed of him. You're not going to be here. Send your tithe. Anyhow. If you can't be here on Wednesday nights, come on Sunday. And get a mindset and know that everything that we have need of is right here. And I don't think we've tapped into that before. In Revelation 19, 7, we read that the bride will have made herself ready in anticipation. The bride of the true worshipers, the real ecclesians, have to be prepared and in pure worship now. As we take on the family name of the Creator and the Redeemer, the only name given among men that holds salvation, it makes me feel special in a life of nothing special. It makes me have significance in a life of insignificance. I mean, I don't, I don't, nobody, it don't mean nothing. The only thing that gives me significance is those people who love me. And first and foremost is my God who's given me and called me and invited me and, and wants to adopt me into his family. Remember Eastern culture, the adoption don't take place when you're a baby. It takes place once you come to maturity. Now, Wednesday night, I was sitting right over there and Joel was sharing. Bye, y'all. Turn, turn the thing. I, I'm, this is family time here. 